Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park if you heard but i don't do introductions so i think we are up and we are live amy thanks for being here taking time out of a saturday afternoon to sit here and have a little chat with me how you doing thanks chris great so good to be here uh it's so nice to meet you you're in virginia it's like such a long way away from me it's like fate even brought us together since you were just uh kind of you grew up in this area is that what you told me i i lived in tennessee for four years and uh which part uh, just outside of Knoxville, a little town called Norris. Yeah, I know where and I, I loved it so much. It was like a highlight of my life. And my, my mom now lives in North Carolina. I, I live in Canada, so I'm Canadian. And I just like love the South. There's like a Southern hospitality that just doesn't, people don't get it. Like it doesn't exist in other places that I have experienced quite like it does in the South. Yeah. You know, so in, in touching on that, I work in higher education and today I had actually go into work and we were dealing with a new freshman orientation. And a lot of students are actually from the northern part of Virginia, like around D.C. And they come down and they're like, oh, southern hospitality is so nice compared to I've had two students tell me that today and just tell me how it's just a nicer change of pace from being in a city. And I was like, hmm. Totally. And it's all in the nuance. You know, there's not like when someone's like, what is it? I'm like, it's in the nuance. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it in the nuance, huh? Mm-hmm. But yeah, but you know, we didn't come here to talk about where we live and everything, I guess, but. Well, so, maybe. Well, I guess we could. <laughs> we, we got the gist of that, but I think more people are wanting to hear more about you and what you got going on. And, you know, it seems like you, based on what little I know about, what little I know about you, it took you a while to find a meaningful and purpose life, I guess, even when becoming a mom. Yeah. It's kind of in my, my, passion really it's been my journey i've been on for many many years and you know i'm uh you know i I was lived i was raised in the country and i had this beautiful upbringing where i was like able to like run so free and just like be a child like in this like so i had like endless opportunities to like run barefoot catching minnows in the ditch and you know I i went through a very conventional school system and um what i started realizing when i got to university and i was like oh shit, like I'm not, I'm following this track and I actually don't fit into it, but I, I don't, I wasn't mature enough or I wasn't quite self-aware enough to realize that that was going on. I just kind of had this thing where I was like, well, maybe I'm just not smart. Like maybe like, that's what it is. It's like, I'm just not smart. So I was like, okay, so the university's for smart people. I'm not smart. So I'm just going to get this done and kind of like go off and who knows what the hell I'm going to do with my life. And I like really went on this mission to like, be like, 
no, hold on a second. Like what if like life wasn't about just like following the norm? Like what if you could walk off the highway and go down the dusty side roads and go on an exploration on our own? And so that's kind of like where my life has been. I've been like hanging out in the dusty side roads. I love it because I have a very similar story and I don't know how much you know about me, but you know, that was always ingrained on me was go to college, you know, get more education, the more successful you'll be. But even though that, you know, I, I was never considered smart, even in high school or even considered mm-hmm. myself smart. And I'm not considering myself smart now, but I always just kept staying on that track just because I guess, like you said, that was the track you were supposed to be on that society wanted you to be on. That was the, the narrative. I guess. And, 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 you know, I don't have any regrets on it, you know, and I, but it was kind of, you know, I never knew what the hell I wanted to do. And I guess you could say, I still don't know, but even with that, I changed majors three or four times, you know, and I ended up not even using my degrees when I got out. And, you know, when I got my bachelor's, you know, I I started working at a manufacturing plant until I could find my way to what I was going to do. And then I thought, well, maybe I need to go back to school and get more education. That'll help me out. It'll set me aside. And so I went and got my master's and, again, there's I don't regret that, but still, I mean, I'm not even using those degrees now. And it's like, what was, was there a purpose in that? I mean, is that what I really wanted to do the more I think about it? Or was that just because society told me I had to do that? You know, my parents had to do that. And I love that piece, Chris, that you talked about around, like, uh, it's like, it's around like the intentionality. And like, there comes a time, typically what my experience of it is like around when we're 40, like, because I'm, I'm entering my forties, I'm in my 39th year right now, I'm going to be 40 soon. And this is kind of the time where it's like, okay, so I've done all the things. So I've like gone to the school, I got the degree, I got the house, I got the husband, I got the kids, I got the mortgage, I got the job. And now I'm like, wait, hold on a second. I've been doing all these things. And like, I'm like, no, but wait, hold on a second. That's actually not really what I wanted to do. I think it's why they really call it a midlife crisis because we've got to this point now where we're settled enough to be like, oh shit, this actually wasn't the path that I really wanted to go on. This isn't actually the path. And the interesting thing, it's like, there's like, there's many roads to Rome. Like there's many roads to getting to our purpose. But the challenge that I found in in working with people that I've worked with is that the, 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 to be able to leave the highway and go down that dusty side road, you have to be willing to leave the highway. And that's the problem because the highway is where your friends are hanging out. The highway is where your job is. It's the highways where you are rel- a reliable income source. It is reliable. It's clearly marked. There's no potholes. It's smooth. Sure. It's easy. And you have to be willing to like step away and be like, hold on a second. I'm going to leave that line. I'm going to leave that highway. And so that it's a lot of fear, like for, for me, for a lot of people, it's fear-based to be like, I got to, I got to put myself in jeopardy of not belonging. There's like a whole thing about not belonging anymore and being called out and being like standing out a little bit. Yeah. And like, what happens if I have to call, like, I think in the States you call it AAA, AAA, here we call it CAA because I'm Canadian. Like what happens <laughs> if my car breaks down and I'm like totally fucked on the side of the road. And I like, I, how do I get back to the highway again? And so I think that, that has been my journey is like, how do I do this and still feel secure? And how do I help the people that I work with and still feel secure making the risks of going down that highway? Yeah, no, it's super scary. And again, I can relate to that just because I just stayed on that track just because you know, I was always and still kind of am, you know, you're scared to take that risk, you know, and you're scared to like try something new because you're going to look like an idiot. and It's not going to work out. And everyone's just always just telling you, basically, why are you doing that? That's you shouldn't do that. You know, whether it's like, hey, I want to try, you know, starting my own business. Hey, I want to try, you know, picking up a piano at 36 years old and 
shot playing and become a musician or whatever. Like, no, that's not going to work out. You shouldn't do that. Are you a musician? Uh, well, no, I'm not, but that is one of the things I want to do. And because I've never done it. And for some reason I feel, I don't know if, yeah, I feel like you should challenge yourself almost every day. And I've been running out of things lately to hmm. do that with myself and things have been kind of slowing down for me. So I was, Ooh, maybe I should pick up a new hobby, you know? Hmm. And I would love, like something's always spoke to me wanting to pick up an, an instrument. And I tried in college to play guitar and no, no disrespect to my buddy, uh, Loon, but he was, he was just a bad teacher and he would just get frustrated with me. He's like, and he's like, no, put your fingers like this and just do it. And I was like, I don't know what you're doing, man. And I was like, this is just not working. But, and then we tried like three or four times and he would just, yeah, it was just get so a little aggravating. But so I was like, well, maybe for some reason, piano speaks to me a little bit, but I lost my train of thought. But yeah, um, I guess where I was going is like, you need to challenge yourself. And that's one of the keys to longevity that the people I follow is what they like to talk about, even in small little things you do every day and take a chance on something. And, and a lot of successful people seem to, are not scared to take a chance or what people are going to think of them. And they go down these roads and if it doesn't work out, they're like, oh, okay, that didn't work out. But now I know a little bit more about myself. I'm more self-aware than they move on. And well, because there's two things that you're talking about. It's like, there's a number one, you can always come back to the highway. Sure. Like you can just like take the next left and come back if you don't like it. And number two, there's a difference between fear and courage. It's like the fear is always going to be there. Fear is always going to be a part of us. Like it's, it's like, it's like literally what's kept us alive for how many thousands of years. It's like, yeah, a lion is running after us. Tiger's running after us. We must run. It, it, it can be scary, right? Fear is always going to be there, but the courage, the grit that it takes to like leave it. Like that's, that's the, what I'm interested in. It's like, how can you like fear step aside and take the courage to do something risky. Right. And like, yeah, knowing that you can always come back again. And that's like something that I've always told myself and all these big decisions I've always made, like everything I do in my life is a, I don't want to say it's illegal, but it's just not conventional. Like I live a very unconventional life, meaning how I was able to buy my house, what I do with my backyard, what I allow my children to do, what school systems they go to, you know, how I live my life from the day to day. It's not, you know, it's not like, the, the norm. It's not necessarily like walking the, the same old path, but it's very, very, very intentional. And at any point I've always asked myself, so what is the worst thing? I'm a white Canadian woman. What is the worst thing that is going to happen in my privileged life? Sure. I might have to move home with my mom. Like that might be the worst damn thing. That'd and be- can I accept that risk? Like, is that a risk I'm willing to accept? Yeah. Yeah. It would really suck. One of us yeah. might end up dead, but you know what? Like, <laughs> No, I mean, I know. What, I mean, it's a safety net. It's good to kind of have that safety net because you're allowed to take that chance. And then if, you, like you said, it sucks. I mean, I did it. You know, I took a chance and went to Florida and was trying to do the strength conditioning internship. And, you know, they promised me a job and everything. And then at the end of it, they're like, well, you can stay, but we're not going to pay you anymore. Right? Mm. And I was like, well, I'm not going to sit here for free, you know. So that's when I moved back home until I could find my way. And like I said, that's when I was like, oh, I need to go back to school and, you know, try that route. But mm. you know, I moved back to it with mom and pop. And, yeah, it sucked. I mean – it made me feel like a loser because that's not what my friends were doing at the time. They were all moving to bigger cities and getting exactly. jobs and starting families. And totally. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the hell am I doing, bro? Just sitting here with mom and dad's basement and, you know, just waiting to go to my part-time job or well, I don't remember what it was with part-time then. I don't remember, but then yeah. I'm home and then just totally. play video games and just wake up next morning or look, or look for jobs that nobody was looking at me at the time. And so, yeah, yeah it sucked. I mean, the meander and the wonder. The meander and the wonder. Hmm. I like that. Have you always thought this way, even when you were a small child, that, you know, ooh, I want to 
take the road less traveled. No, I, I just think that my life was always like that. And then when I became an adult and I started to be a free thinking individual, I felt like there was like a line in the sand, you know, I don't know. It's like a line in the sand. Where I was like, okay, wait, I'm getting to make my own decisions now. I was like, I don't like this path. And you know, like I was saying at the beginning, like I was really raised to be like, I had a lot of freedom in my space. Like my parents really trusted me to like come home when it's dark and yep. you don't want to wear shoes. I don't give a shit to wear shoes. Like it's like they, they didn't, they didn't dwell on the, the things that didn't really matter in the long scheme of things. And I think like what that taught me is that the world is actually a safe place. Like I, I have this like underlining, I think that's like I was saying before, I think it has a lot of my privilege. Like I just, the world is safe. And so I have that solid foundation, which means I feel like I can go out into the world and know that I'm going, like the worst thing that's going to happen to me is that I, I will be caught and it might not be in the way that I want to be caught, but I, it's, it's, it's going to be fine. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I do actually think I've always been like that. The, I have two siblings. I have a, they're, they're twins, my brother and my sister. And we all kind of live life very differently. My sister lives in a tiny home, like in, in you know, off the beaten track. It's fully off grid. My brother, he like, you know, he travels the world. He has a really good job. He is like, he just like does really interesting, wild things in his life. And I don't know. I, I think I've always just been this way. Yeah, I agree with you that I think most people are kind and want to be kind and you know, obviously there's outliers to everything, but generally that most people, you know, we could be driving like idiots all day and just running into each other and, um, you know, just hurting people all the time. But most people, you know, when I meet them, they're generally nice. Most, and I'm not saying everybody, but generally, yeah. And yeah. So, you know, and obviously there's shit that does happen, but, but for the most part, most people are not really scared to go out. And I mean, maybe this is, I don't know, naive thinking, but you know, I mean, I've never been like, if I go to a big city and I've never grew up in a big city, I've always felt pretty safe. You know, I'm always like, you know, I have friends around me. I don't do anything really stupid. Have I drank too much sweet tea and not know where else? Yeah. But I've always known how to get home or had some help to get home. But it's, but yeah, most people I t- think tend to be, want to be kind to each other. And I agree. Like that, I think that's another foundational piece that I hold is I, I just, I trust in people. Like I just, I, I trust in them until I don't trust in them anymore. But I start with that you know, innocent until proven guilty, really. Yeah. Yeah. And just, but there's other people, I don't know if they're just, you know, they had bad situations growing up and they just don't trust people. And I, you know, I guess I have trust issues too, but generally, I don't know if you just want to say like, you know, I just, I just feel comfortable that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm never going to be, people are not going to hurt me and people might say shit to me and try to disrespect me or whatever, but I just go on. I don't let it ruin my day and I just move on. And, you know, and I don't really know where I'm going with this thought, but just, that more people should be able to, I guess, kind of what we're talking about, just take chances and not be afraid of what's going to happen. And even if you don't have a safety net, but you know, you know who Travis Parker is? I don't. He's a drummer for Blink-182. Oh, of course. Oh my and, God. Yes. And he, he was actually talking about that he never had a plan B because if he ever had a plan B, then he would probably resort to it. Interesting. And that if he just stayed with his plan A, that I'm going to be a successful drummer. And this was my only... I got to do what I got to do. And if it ain't going to work out, then I don't want to go to plan B and move back in with mom and pop. So there is something to be said with that, but, and everyone has their own situation, of course, but I do like the fact that, you know, if you fall, you can get back up again. Exactly. Totally. hundred percent. I, I, I love that. I, I think like this, this whole thing was coming back to like, the first question you asked me was like, you've been on this exploration about purpose and meaning. And I think all of this is a part of that. It's like, 
purpose is something that I think is changing and evolving all the time. I, I think, I, I don't think you don't necessarily, for me, my experience for myself is that I don't have one purpose. It's like, I, I, I literally, I, <laughs> I am an Aries. I love novelty. Things are going to change for me all the time. I always tell my husband, I'm like, you're lucky that it's been 18 years and we're still together because I like everything else in my life. I'm changing all the time. Yeah. And I really love like the idea that like life doesn't always have to be, like, you know, our, our parents, Chris is like, we, our parents literally grew up in a place where they, where they like, you, you got a job and that's what you did. Yeah. And I think we are in a generation now where we get to choose. And like, it's why, like they call millennials so annoying to work with because the, the, the our bosses are, our bosses are not the millennials. They are you know, the older generations. And they're just like, man, these fucking people, they get a job for five years and then they leave again. And it's so frustrating. And I think that that's the thing that we're, we're at right now is like, things are changing. Like the, we are allowed to have novelty. We are allowed now. We are in a generation where we can explore really like, what is that we love in life and nothing, everything's on the table now. Like we get everything on the table. You can do anything you want now. Like really it's, it's unbelievable. And so I just think I'm like, fuck, I just like love the conversation around like, what could life look like if you just, ha- if you intentionally ask yourself, is this what I want to do? And if not, what is it that I want to do? And how can I take one small step to get closer to that thing? Yeah. I never had that, you know, growing up at all, really. It's like, hey, what do you actually want to do? And it was mm-hmm. just, and not that I was being forced to do a job or anything I want, I didn't want to, but, you know, like I said earlier, I was never knew that college was going to be for me. I just kind of did it just because every, all my friends were doing exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, but, you know, I went to community college first, which helped me tremendously. But, you know, all I did was just go to school all day. It was almost like a a bigger high school for me. Then I would head over to the major university where all my friends at were just hanging out with him and party. And, and, but it was just like, but I would never, I was just living off momentum. And I guess I still kind of am. I would just never sit there and just actually sit down and think like, is this what I really want to do? And it wasn't until actually when the pandemic hit and that, you know, when life can actually come to a halt and it's part of the reason why I started this was that, you know, I, I just hit 36 this year and I was like, did I do what I, have I been wanting to do? You know, is this what I had planned for myself when I was going to be 36 years old? And nothing was, you know, like it's just where my life goals were and what I had thought was going to, you know, if you, if you would have asked Chris Sheeler at 22 years old, where he was going to be 14 years later, I would have never said, you know, working for a university 10 years old, 10 years later or whatever, starting a podcast, still living in the same town I did. So that's Mm -hmm. when I actually got to sit down and think about, all right, man, there's got to be more to this stuff right here. And that's when you start reading about more people who take these chances. And it's more, but I feel like the theme of it is, is that a lot of people go on these trips by themselves. And then that's when they discover more about themselves and they learn what life is and what means the most to them. And that's what helps them get out of their own way. Totally. I love that idea about going on this this trip on your own. And, and, and that's like what life is all about, right? It's like, it, it really is a journey. Like there is not necessarily a destination. Like the thing that's going to happen is that we are going to die. Like it is happening. Sure. We, we're going to die. Like that, that is the reality. And so how can we go through life living the best life that makes us feel alive? So when we wake up in the morning, because here's the thing, I was raised by a mom. She's amazing. My mom was so freaking awesome. And 
she didn't love parenting. She never has said that. She would say she loves her kids very much, but it was so clear to me that she was like, I wish that there was something else out for there for me than just parenting. She parented and she drove a bus, a school bus so that she could like pick us up after school. We didn't have childcare. We were with her a lot. We got to all this freedom to do fun things, but like th- there was like this underlining energy that was like, we're kind of the reason why her life didn't get to go and do something else. Oh. You know, and it wasn't intentional. This is like this like energetic thing. Like it's kind of like under the surface. And when I really got clear that that was happening to me with my kids, I was like, hold on a second. I was like, I'm starting to do the exact same thing. And I'm starting to become resentful to them. That these tiny little babies that my life isn't working out. And like, I'm putting it on them. Oh, the fucking kids. I can't do this. I can't do that. Cause the kids, the kids, the kids, you know, and I don't know. Do you have kids? No, there's a sick okay. two dogs. Okay. Well, let me, let me take you to school then. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me get my notepad out here. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I, I was like, I was like, I'm not going to do that. So it's like, what could I do? Like, what if, what if my family was different in that I wasn't the nucleus of the family? Like it wasn't all about the mom being everything. Like what if I could have a life outside of just my family? Like how radical is that? That's completely different. It's usually like the mom gives up her job a lot of the time. Her mom gives up what she wants to do for the family. It's like, well, I'm still very present with my kids. I'm very, very intentionally with them. And I'm doing something that makes me feel alive. So when I go back to my kids, they're just like, what's going on with her? Because she's happy and she actually cares a lot and she's like lit up and she actually wants to spend time with us. So like, that's like the, the example of like the intentionality that I, that I'm speaking about. I'm like, well, like, wait, wait, what if it could be different? Like, what if I, what if my, the way I raised my kids wasn't the same way? It was just a different way than my mom did. Do you think a lot of that was genetically inherited from your mom? I think I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of personal development work on myself and I've been, been doing it for a long time, a lot of healing, a lot of unearthing, a lot of understanding. And through that work becomes the intentionality of how I am showing up in the world, how I am presenting, how I am choosing to believe something or choosing not to believe something and taking responsibility for my actions and not being a victim or being, um, you know, it's like, it's like, like life is like a cause and you have a choice in life. It's like, you can be at the cause of something, or you can be at the effect of something, yeah. the effect of like being a victim to something, or you can cause your life to be what you want it to be. And so I think that those are two very distinct things. And I think a lot of us hang out and like, we are at the cause of, we don't have money. We don't have time. We don't have kids. We don't have blah, 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 da, 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 da. That's, that's not serving you. It's like, you can change it. It's like a choice. You have a choice to make. It's like, well, how can I cause it to be different? And like, that's what I care about. That's why the work that I do is so important to me. Cause it's like, I'm encouraging moms to like be at the cause of their life being amazing. Like turning the status quo, what it looks like to be a mom on its head, teaching them what they need to learn to be able to overcome all the things that are in the way so that they can start businesses that actually light them up Yeah, and like are doing like amazing things in the world. Tell me this is true, and I can't remember where I heard this from, but most women, when they are transitioning into motherhood, that they do, I guess, have issues similar to what we're talking about as far as purpose and meaningful. Is this what I really wanted to? And it's like almost immediately once, I can't remember if they told me or if that person told me it was when a child is born or is actually during pregnancy, but... Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. Cause I'm so glad you spoke to that because I think it's something that we don't talk a lot about because there's no. a bit of shame around it. It's like, well, as a, as a mom, 
you know, you're supposed to just like love, like only want to be with your kids. And there's moms out there. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, I don't want to come off and think that it's, there's one way of doing it. And that's the right way. It's like for me. And I know there's a lot of other moms out there that are like this, that are like, what? Like, I don't want to have to be the only thing that my family relies on. I need to look after myself, that there is something else out there for me. And I think that that is like, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of shame shrouded around that. So we don't talk about it because sure. it's a bit shameful. Yeah. Well, that's what I've always heard. And then when the first time I heard that, you know, I guess in my mind that it was always, you know, happy go lucky rainbows and gummy bears. I'm pregnant. I'm having a kid. It's all great times. So I never knew that until that one person told me that, you know, they were actually struggling being a mother just because of, you know, what we're talking about, meaning, meaning, meaningfulness and a purpose in life. So that I was like, what? Totally. That, that, that don't make sense to me. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's, it's, that's exactly my experience. Like I, 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 this is my, so one of the things about me is that this is my third, I've been in business for a long time, 10 years. This is my third business. And my very first business was very unique and different. Talk about unique and different. It was, I, I used to run a hands-on reskilling school. So down in the South, there's an amazing book. It came out of your neck of the woods. It's called the Foxfire, uh, the Foxfire tales. And essentially um, it's, I was about this uh, high school teacher that was, that had this class that was not listening to him. He, it was, it was almost impossible for him to actually like get through to these kids. They were all like, they all lived in like the, the mountains and they didn't give a shit about school at all. No. So he's like, what is something that I could do to actually start inspiring change in these children? So he was like, we're going to go out and we're going to interview our grandparents and we're going to go find out all the skills that they know. Like, how do you make moonshine? How do you like, make fermented foods. How do you do your bread and do all of these things? And that inspired me so much because they came up with this book and they put it all together. They, they harness all of this knowledge from their elders and they put it into this book. Like, this is what my grandparents lived off of. And that inspired me so much. I was like, okay, so only two generations ago, we used to know all of these skills. We used to know how to look after ourselves. Yeah. And we've lost that in just two generations. So what could it look like to start bringing them back again? So I started this hands-on reskilling school. We taught things like butchery and bread baking and cheese making and foraging and backyard chickens and cob oven building and all of the things, canning. And I used to hire all of these instructors and people from all over Ontario, my province in Canada, we have provinces, would come to these classes. And it was amazing. It was unbelievable. It was like, it, I, it's still, still going. It, I don't run it anymore, but it's like it's the, my legacy is still out there. People still come to me like, I'm still making bread. People started businesses from this. It's been an unbelievable change, but I had no idea how to run business. I had no idea how to run business. I came from the not-for-profit world where you don't make money. So I had that mentality in my mind when I was running this business. And so while that was happening, my husband, and it was like very part-time, my husband was starting his electrical contracting company. Okay. And I would sit there and I'd be breastfeeding these babies and like having this business that wasn't making money. I wasn't contributing financially to the family. I was actually drawing finances from the family. And I was hearing him all the time. Get to, he got to go out and like, if you could see me right now, I'm like doing air quotes. He got to go out and like do these, create this business. He got to create this thing. Mm -hmm. And I would sit there and I would listen in the background as he was having these conversations with all of these clients. And I got so resentful. I was like, I'm home with these kids. And this sucks. I want to go out and do these Got things. It. And at the same time, I don't want to just put them in childcare because I, I don't want just the, anyone raising my children. You know, I want to be a part of that. Sure. And so, um, you know, fast forward all these years, it's now, it's now a very successful business. And I, I remember I, I was sitting there listening to him one time and he was talking to this customer 
And my gift really is, and like, I'm incredibly curious about people. I love having conversation, love talking, and I, I'm really good at listening. And I was like, hold on, Pat. I'm just like hearing in the background that actually what you're, what they're saying to you right now is that nobody's willing to answer the phone when, it, when they call a contractor and nobody shows up when they say they're going to show up. I was like, that's what I just heard you have in this one-sided conversation because I only could hear his side of the conversation as I'm breastfeeding these babies. I'm like, what if we in this company could solve that problem really well? Like, what if that's what that that's our competitive edge? What if we just freaking show up when we said we're going to show up and answer the phones when the phones ring? Like, yep. that is so simple. So I got to work in the background, putting together all of these. I, I found like all the a way to automate all of it. And it like it it literally, it literally transformed our business. It, it, we are, we are a very successful business because those are our two values. And so I was like, how can I take all of these things I've learned in business? How can I take all of these things? And now that my kids are a bit older, how can I walk people through a same path to be able to listen to customers, to do business really well, to actually make money, be able to bring their gifts to the world and do it so that they are like feeling lit up and inspired. And so that their kids can see a mom that's like lit up and inspired. I don't know. I just, I just like, I love that work. I, I, I love this idea that maybe your superpower isn't in like being an electrician. Cause I have no idea even what an electrician does, <laughs> but like the but you, but you can, I can still be really, really useful because I have a different skill. That's not so hard. It's more soft. And that's the hard part about people like us. It's like our skills are in the softness. Mm. It's like, it, it's, it's not like a hard, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a teacher. I am a people person. Yeah. Yeah. So big tangent there, Chris. Sorry about yeah, that. And like, you know, trying to, I was trying to put my thoughts together before I started speaking wildly about it. But I mean, in a way you are a teacher into an aspect though. I mean. Totally. Yeah. But I not mean, conventionally. Not conventionally. But yeah, that's always tough. You know, I don't know. I don't want to go into a big of a, or overshare right here, but there's something that, you know, me and my friends are, you know, I'm one of those CrossFit guys. We've been kind of dealing with this, that. Um, how can I say this without saying too much, but something's brewing. Yeah. Well, I was trying to put it in a way that I don't, like I said, I didn't want to overshare, but like, I'll tell you out off air, but that we're being labeled as something differently that mm. we don't see eye to eye with somebody on mm. that kind of makes sense. It's, and as far as like yeah. a teacher, a coach, uh, right. a leader or whatever, but it's like, you know, the way they are, that person is put in, it's like, you know, I get your side of it, but I don't really see that. I can see what you're saying, but again, I wouldn't call, you know, a teacher is somebody like, you know, I wouldn't call a doctor a teacher unless, you exactly. know, they, unless they're maybe they're at teaching medical science at a college or whatever. And it's like, well, then they have their doctorate now. So I guess they're teaching at the same time. So, and then when it's like, when you label those two, and especially in today's society, and this is where I wanted to go with that point, that it's almost that once you're labeled as something, you're almost put into a category you never wanted to be put into. Correct. And so it's exactly. like, oh, yeah. And it's like, well, no, that's not, you know, I understand what you're saying, but that's not what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. That's not the image I'm trying to portray here. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. And so, but yeah, I, get, I don't, I'm not, hmm, not really sure I wanted to go with that thought, but again, there's soft skills and hard skills you talk about and stuff. It's just like, yeah, you know, we need those in a sense and those soft skills and learn how to 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Incorporate their skills and actually be seen as a that person without being seen at the same time. I don't know. Totally. Okay. I'm totally with you on this. Okay. Yeah. yeah, It's not making any sense what I'm trying to say. I was trying to put my thoughts together while you talked and then I was like, "Mm, man, but that was good. I loved loved what you said because again, it's like a lot of that goes like mislabeled and it's not cool to talk about because it's, you're saying something against the social norm. Exactly. It's a dusty side road. Right. And like when we go down it, you have to be willing to be called out. And I loved it when you said, you know, like free thinkers and because I watched, did you, have you ever seen dead poets society? Yes, of course. So, yeah, I watched that like uh, two or three days ago. And, you know, of course I've watched it before, but I forgot when that movie came out. But now like, it had a whole different meaning mm. watching it now at this level where I guess where I'm at in my life. And it's like, wow, why didn't I get that when I was little? Was this just too dumb or was this just not thinking on the, the same level as these people? Which that's usually what it is. But it's like, oh, this starts to make sense. So I'm like, you know, you don't have to go down the path that everybody makes you go down. Be different. Be you. Be and that's what sparks people. That's what makes new things. I mean, you know, without people, if people did the same thing all at once, it'd be boring and we'd never have anything in life. But you have totally. people like, like, you know, you like talking about reskilling, like bake, break, uh, baking bread and stuff. I was like, man, like nobody does that anymore, you know? Mm-mm. Or I don't no. know anybody that does it. And- no, because there's something that happens in your hands. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about you. I, I love hands on stuff. Like I love a combination of, I, like, I love I'm doing perfect. something with your hands. It feels so rewarding. Like you're so, so rewarding when you literally open the pot and your bread is like there. You're like, I made that, you know, so much of our work right now is so on a computer and, it, and it's not so rewarding anymore. It isn't. So yeah, I think that there is something in just like finding that balance. Well, it goes back to our little, our primal instincts, I guess, you know, cause like you were talking about that, you know, we were always being scared of big cats. Yeah. And, yeah. And that, 
you know, we didn't have all this technology back in the day, obviously, and that we had to use our hands to, if we were going to eat, if we were going to have shelter. And, and like, I get satisfaction, you know, here, I got some of these stupid Legos behind me that I, I know I've, I've noticed, And like, <laughs> you know, but I know it's like an adult, easy kind of building. stuff. but after I do it, I'm like, wow. That yeah. Was and then, you know, I love doing little DIY projects, you know, around my house and everything. And even though I don't know, I never grew up with any carpentry work, any woodworking skill, but it's one of those things like, Hey, if I want to do it. And I think you touched on this earlier that there's so much information I can go on YouTube and just let me check this out. How do they do this real quick? And yeah, I mean, I make a lot of mistakes and that's fine, but that's part of the journey. And I love it. You know, it's like, Hey, that didn't work out. So let's do it this way. Now I got, it. Totally. And, and again, that's what people don't want to do there. And I think, again, you talked about this a little bit earlier and I don't want to keep repeating the conversation, but it's just like, you know, there's always a million reasons to say no to something. And it's just like, no, I don't want to look a fool. I don't, you know, I don't know how to do that. You know, I don't want to take the chance. It's like, well, you should take the chance. You should get up off your ass and get caffeinated and motivated and go do something cool because you never know what's going to come out on the other end. Well, and also, Chris, I think that to add to that, it's like it it really does. I mean, it's like it's, you know, we're sitting here shooting this shit, having our, you know, I'm you drink my smoothie, you're drinking your coffee, you know, we're, we're, we're like theorizing it and we're talking about our experience of it. But when we're actually in the doing of it. It's like, it's, it's literally the reason why we don't is because what I was saying before is it, we, as humans, we have such an ins, ins, deep need to belong and feel a part of something, like feel a part of a community, a tribe. Exactly. And yeah. so when we do those things, it literally threatens our tribeness. It puts us in a position of like not belonging anymore. So like, that's why we don't do the big, bold things in the world because it literally threatens that. Mm-hmm. Like look at people that we like, you know, you either love them or hate them. Like Elon Musk, like you either love the guy or hate him, but he's like literally paving a pathway in their future that we're never going to see. It's going to literally fundamentally change the way that we operate in the world or how we drive our cars or get into space. Hello. On Mars. But he's literally his thin is so so thick. He's been able to like somehow withstand not belonging. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you care about what people are saying about you, you're never going to do anything. Because, and again, I've made this point on here countless times. You know, we just talked about Dead Poet Society, and we both kind of agreed it was a good movie. But there's always going to be some asshole out there and be like, "No, I fucking hated it." And they're like, "Why? Why did you hate it?" And they're like, "I don't. I ain't going to tell you." And it's like, "Well, well just tell us." And it's, it's almost just cool to be negative nowadays. And that, yeah, the cancel count. Oh man, can, yeah. cancel cart culture. And that negativity thing. just attracts more negativity. And then especially when you got keyboard warriors and people behind behind screens and just shouting at people. And you know, yeah. it's just like, what are we yelling about? What are we talking about? Why are you mad? You know, exactly. Like, okay, I guess because he was mad, so I'm going to join in on it too. Exactly, and that comes back to like why I loved running the reskilling school because my experience of it, my journey through it, was that I was I went on this. I told you about the Foxfire Tales and then I, uh, I, what we did as a result of that is we went to New Zealand for a year and we like lived in a van and we did all of these hands-on skills. We went, we went and learned these skills and we were being taught by these complete strangers, nice. but there was something magical that happened that when our hands are busy, like when I was milking the goat or when I was kneading the bread and I was, it opened up this like conduit, this magical conduit of like conversation between this complete and utter stranger. So it was, it was no longer just about being behind a screen, telling someone he's an asshole for his thoughts to being sympathetic and literally hearing that they're having their own experience in the world, that they, they, they have, you know, a whole many years of like upbringing that has like led them to be and think the way that they do. So it gave this like understanding, which led to compassion. So like through the skills, like we were literally being more compassionate with each other. 
Yep. You know, so we're not just like disconnected right now. We're just so we're we, like, they, it's so cliche. We've never been so connected yet disconnected. And by like doing these things together, it's like, it's literally building connection. It's building humanity. It's doing what makes us feel alive and well. You know, and talking with, you know, again, like, you know, with motherhood and maybe some of the clients you work with, are, are people longing for that type of connection? Oh man, it's, it's, it's pervasive. It's, it's everywhere. It is so everywhere. And, and it's like, we're getting so bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're getting really bad at it. It's, 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 it's really easy to not have to do it. We don't have to do it. Anymore. We don't have to leave our houses anymore. Sure. Right. But like once we experience and we have it and we've experienced it, we're like, something's transformed in my life. Something's fundamentally transformed in my life as a result of experiencing that connection of like being with others in a deep way. That's like what I care about. And I think that that's like when you talk about purpose, it's like, how do I, how can I be a a facilitator of that? Like, how can I facilitate those deeper connections and this like sense of belonging and a part of something and contributing to a tribe so that when we do go to bed at night, we, we are feeling serenity. Do you consider yourself a thought leader? Like you're go down uh, and you kind of sit around and you think about such. things like this. And- well, I don't sit around. Oh shoot. My mic. Oh, there we go. I don't sit around very often. I have two Good. children who are very wild. And, um, but I do, I, I just, like I, like I said, I, this, I think this has all come because I've done so much inner work. I've done a lot of fucking work on myself and I've really gone deep and I've had real, I've had to like meet the uncomfortable parts of myself. Like I've had to be with the uncomfortable parts of myself and take responsibility for my actions and take responsibility for things that, you know, aren't necessarily, you know, were a part of my upbringing weren't, I didn't choose it, but I have to be responsible for how I live in it now. And so through that, this is the, these thoughts have come. Like, I think that that is like the unraveling that happens when you start to go in, you start to, think differently about things. And so it's, it's, it's why in a lot of the work that I do with my clients, I'm a business coach. And so I talk about mindset so much and people are like, I ain't going there. I don't want to do mindset work. I know mindset work. I'm like, that's where we have to go because business is all mindset because you are going to fail. You're going to fail until you succeed. And if you keep failing and you stop, your business isn't going to work. Because you have to keep going when it's, when the shit is hard. And so you need the mindset work to be able to get up every day and keep going and to believe in yourself when you literally don't have the evidence to believe in yourself yet. And so, you know, because for so much, we'll believe in ourselves once we actually become successful. But it's like, how do you have the belief now? How can you be it and then go out and do it? And as a result of that, then you have it. But so much of us need to have it first. We have to have the thing. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go out and we'll do it. And then we'll finally be so like an actor, for example, it's like, I can't be an actor until I get my, my first, my first, like big hit, my big show. But what that's never going to happen. You have to believe you're an actor now and like be an actor embody actor because your thoughts become your reality. Yep. Right. Like your thoughts become your reality. So how can you believe that you are successful or that you are changing lives or that you are doing the work? now and that's the mindset work and that's the hard shit and no one wants to go there because it's it's you gotta you gotta uncover stuff it's just what you said it's hard mm-hmm. that and also just touching on that mm-hmm. you know i like how you said you had to go down 
and actually really live the deep parts about yourself and that a lot of people will f- I feel like a lot of people don't want to do that and go down that road and like really, really be truthful with themselves. And, and who's, I think think Will Smith said, you can't really go forward until you know where you've been. Exactly, Chris. Yeah. And, you know, I spend a lot of time, I mean, not a lot of time by myself, but for the most part, you know, I'm basically alone as far as, you know, living. And then like with my job, I'm kind of, behind a desk all day, basically by myself for the most part. So a lot of time I'm just kind of sitting there with my own thoughts. And, and that's the reason I kind of ask, like, do you sit around and think about things a lot? So, and then, you know, I'm a big podcast guy, obviously. So I like listening to podcasts. And so when they, they spark up a, some kind of quitty statement or whatever you want to say, that's, Ooh, how do I really feel about that? Hmm. Uh, and then in order to get my thoughts together though, you know, I try to sit down and I've gotten into journaling and it seems hmm. to help me actually, help me out as far as being more articulate, I guess. Yeah, I mean, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? I don't. So he's like, uh, he, I think he used to teach uh, university in Toronto, somewhere up that way. And, okay. But now he's like a big, or he, he taught at Harvard for a while, but he's a clinical psychologist. But he actually, that's one of his things is like, hey, become, to become more articulate, you should sit down and journal and write down, like if somebody wants to talk about I don't know what's an, I don't know, uh, gun control. And then we don't have to talk about that, but, um, you should sit down and write three or four arguments about why you think the way that you think. And that way, when you are actually asked about it, you know, you can actually talk about it articulate rather than just coming up with random statements and just make you even more sound like an idiot because, and he says, that's what makes you dangerous, man. I was like, that I love so, that so much. Exactly. It makes, and I was like, that made so much sense to me. When and I, I love what you just said. That's what makes you become a dangerous man. I love yeah, that. Like I, to be dangerous in the world. Like, that's his oh, that gives me goosebumps. I love that idea. Like how can you be dangerous in this world? Yeah. Because that is, oh, I don't know. That just like lit me up. Yeah. Well, think about it. I mean, just because, before starting these podcasts and even, you know, in college and everything, I, topics like that, I would shy away from just because I never felt comfortable in speaking my opinion or I didn't want to look like an idiot or I didn't want people to think less of me, you know, and just not belong. Yeah, there you go. Not belong. And that, and just, it was always in growing up, you know, and again, I've talked about this before on here, but you know, I never re- sat down and had these tough conversations with my family and everything. It was just not one of those things we did. and. Not that it ruined my, it ruined me or anything, but I was kind of like, when people did ask about it, that's the reason I would just shy away from it. Cause like, I don't know what to say. Hmm. And, you know, again, I, and you just said it perfectly. I wanted to belong and I still wanted to be, the, you know, in the, in the, in the group and not be the weird kid being outcasted. So yeah. Hmm. Like, yeah. And that was part of it. Like, Oh, that makes so much sense. And that way, you know, you're just not speaking random facts and actually, you actually know what you're talking about and you've actually sat down and thought about it, you know, no, or, or at least it's like conviction. You have conviction in your belief, right? Boom. Because it's, it's like, you can like literally like, okay, I believe in that for myself. And these are the reasons why, because if not, it's, it's like, I don't know if you ever heard of this content, uh, this conversation, like this idea of having a context, like holding a context for who you are. It's like, who are you being? Oh. So like in a conversation, it's like who like to hold a context means like you are holding like who you are, like, your your beingness and so whoever has the the stronger context is going to win the conversation i'm air quoting again they're going to win the conversation whoever's more convicted 
in their belief about themselves or holds a stronger believing of who they are is going to like win the conversation, right? So if you're having a debate, if you're having a conversation and like what you're talking about, what you're doing, the journaling, it, it gives you this like conviction in your context of who you are. So when you go into, it's not wavering. If not, you're going to, you're going to waver in the conversation. Right. You know, you're going to waver in it because you you haven't really like grounded yourself in that belief or that value or that thing that you care a lot about. Yeah. So I love what you're talking about, really getting intentional around it. Yeah. And I don't want to say that you know, whatever you're writing about or whatever you're thinking about, you have to die on that hill about it. But no, exactly. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, whatever it is, I mean, also be open minded at the same time, too. And that way, you know, and that's why uh, one of the reasons why I enjoy doing these podcasts is that, you know, we can go back and forth and talk about things and not that we're arguing or debating on anything. But, you know, you might have a new perspective on something that, oh, that makes perfect sense. I never thought about it that way. Rather than me just sit out here and like, no, I said it this way. This is the way it's going to be. And it's like, oh, I guess I'm trying to say just be a little bit more open minded, you know, and, and obviously not with everything. But I guess. But, yeah, there's certain things that, oh, yeah, you know, everyone has a different perspective on everything. And you think about something way different than I do. And it's like, but, you know, it's like, oh, I like that. That made more sense to me, you know, and like a lot of people, especially, you know, I don't want to say older people, but I can tell like, you know, with people that are I'm close to that, you know, if you say something completely different on how they think about something, you're automatically the bad guy, you know, and it's like, I didn't mean it that way though. You know, I'm just telling you how I feel or what I experienced and I'm just having to, we can have a discussion about it. I'm not saying let's just get mad about it and let's not take this the wrong way. I just, that's just how I feel, you know, and it's just almost again that, you know, I don't want to be outcast or whatever, but it's just like, what's a sit down and have a civil conversation about? That's all I'm asking. It's like a chit chat. People, just, chit -chat. let's just have a chit chat. <laughs> People are afraid to do that, I think, anymore. I don't know. And again, I wonder if that goes back to we've lost that human connection or that people just want to, again, die on their heel about whatever they believe in and go on and live their life that way. Well, and that's what I always, I mean, talking about the self-work, it's like one of the things that I've, I've most recently come around to. It's like, do I want to be right or be alive? Like being alive, like in the world, like, like, like keep saying this thing, like lit up. It's like, well, if I need to be right about it, it's like, what am I, what's the impact of me having to be right about everything? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, okay. You, you, like, what if you could just say, okay, you may be right. And then move on and then be alive in the world. Like let people have their thoughts. Let people have their opinions. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything about what you're making it mean anyway. And just move on from it. And like how beautiful that people have different thoughts. Well, everybody likes being right. I mean, I mean, that's just part of being a human, I guess. I mean, you know, no one wants to be wrong, but again, you know, and I guess it also kind of matters the situation, but if somebody wanted to come up to me and start talking about, you know, two plus two is five. I'm like, okay, that's fine. If that's what you think, I'm not going to sit here and argue with that, but go on and live your life the best you can. And I hope it's beautiful for you. Hmm. So, but I, th I don't know if it's like me saying you should pick your battles with arguments or, you know, being articulate, like we're talking about, but I think there's a time and place for everything. Hmm. Maybe that's the sole point I'm getting around. Hmm. But I love that. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, but you ultimately, I think everyone knows how to read the room and knows when. I don't know though if they do. Actually, like really actually okay, okay actually actually sorry I, it's not that i don't believe that they don't know how to i think that they're just so out of touch i think it's all within us i think we all have the capacity to but i think that we again it goes back to like that whole like we, so many of us and this is just a natural thing that we do as humans and why i think that, that going inward and doing developmental work on yourself and looking at yourself we so lead with our egos like our egos are just so 
out there, you know? And that's that. And I, so I think that in order to be able to read a room, we have to be able to put our egos aside for a second. I love it. To be able to like, actually like get a feel for the room. Yeah. That's one of, you know, I'm one of them CrossFit bros and, you know, I coach on the side and everything too. And that, you know, that's what I try to tell people like, Hey, just leave your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. And that's way easier said than done. Just exactly. because you get in there and you want to go do what everyone else is doing or do certain, a level that, a you know, a guy who's been there for four or five years picking up weight, like he is like, Oh yeah, I want to do that. And that's how injury happens. Or it's like, no man, you know, you gotta, there's, I mean, I, you got to have ego, I guess, in some things, right? In some kind well, of- it's, it's literally what's kept us alive. Going back to the hunters and gathering, you know, going back to like being chased by saber-toothed tigers, ego is literally what's kept us alive. We need us to survive. You got to stay in your lane for the exactly. most part. For the most Thank part. you. Yeah. Just thinking that. Yeah, you got to stay in your lane for the most part. Then you know, kind of like, all right, I want to try something new. Like we were talking about earlier, you get, you know, get out of the interstate or whatever you said, the highway, and then get off on the dusty trail a little bit. And then, you know, get back on there. But I guess you can make that really gym related. And that's what I try to tell people in that. And also that's what I wanted to bring up too, is that you said something about if you wanted to be an actor, tell yourself that you're going to, you want, you're going to be an actor, not just wait for the big movie or whatever. Cause exactly. I've, had, I've had people tell me that, Oh, well, you know, I want to do what you do, but I got to get it in shape first. And I was like, no, you don't bro. If you want to do it, there's steps to this stuff. You know, you just don't come, I'm not going to come in there and tell you to pick up 315 pounds and go run two miles and let's keep doing it until you puke in the floor but you know let's hey we take it one step at a time we break it down we build you up yeah exactly and, and that's and that's with almost everything in life if you want to try something new so you know you're not saying the compound effect that's what that book's called like if you want to go learn to run a 5k well you just don't go out there and start running for 5k if you've never ran before you know start small run around a lap around your driveway your neighborhood mm-hmm. and start build off that mm-hmm. and boom magic happens exactly totally and that's what i always say about business too it's like it's like it's these small tiny little actions that we take that literally get us to like the million dollars exactly. it doesn't just happen exactly. you don't just wake up and open your computer and a million dollars it's like it's literally small small actions well, i think that's what people also get a misconception of is that you know these uh i don't want to offend anybody but who cares offend them go <laughs> but no <laughs> they, they sit around and they think that you know oh, i'm gonna have a million dollars has come to me by doing nothing you know and it's like if i think about it it's gonna happen in which you know if you, if you want to talk about manifestation there's something to manifestation but you also got to do a little work too yeah yeah totally you have to yeah, do the footwork. like if i could just sit here in my house and watch netflix all day and play with my dogs like Tomorrow, I'm going to have a million dollars in my bank account. No big deal. It's not probably, odds are it's not going to happen without getting up off your ass and doing something about it. You know, kind of what you were talking about. Learning a new skill, learning to trying out a business and taking a few steps back before you can go forward and stuff. And learning about yourself. And what you're talking about right now. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 you're not. Yeah, that's that's all I wanted to say. Just like everything, we've been covering a lot. Like a lot of those themes and stuff, you can't be afraid to that if you want to go do something big with your life. Totally. Go and not go against the the normal thing, but go your own way. And but you have to get clear. What you were talking about before, and really intentional on what is my way. Yeah, you have to be willing to explore that first. Exactly. Yeah. Get, just take a chance. You know, take a chance. Ask the girl out. You know, go go run that lap around the neighborhood. You know, go start that business. Whatever the first step is, I don't have totally. my own business, but. You know, think of the name, think of what you want to do. Think well, the- I mean, it's, it's so, I mean, we, we all, you, you do in a way, I mean, like you had to put yourself out there and start a podcast, but you think like, you know, when, how long would you start your podcast? 
Uh, what, about a year and a half in now. And exactly. Yeah. And can you imagine now you're still on hundred, you're on a hundred episodes. Now, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, and like, I'm so nervous about this. That takes like, so that, that literally takes it like, you, it's like being a podcast host from the very beginning is like the energy that you have to hold. It is the context that you have to hold. Like I am a podcast host, not like I will be a podcast host. Once I get to hundred episodes, nobody would want to go to your show. Everyone would say, no, I'm not going to be a guest on your show. Exactly. Yeah, no, that was, you know, again, that like when I was talking about being scared of chats and certain topics, I was like, well, you got to get over that if you're going to do this, dude. And totally things, you know, like I knew, like I know my first episodes and down the road are going to be trash and I was going to be learning along the way. And I was like, this is this part of the life. It's part of the path. So and what I, are some of the big things that you've learned? I'm so curious. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, learn to actually listen. This is the biggest one to what actually people are saying rather than just waiting to talk and share whatever it's I want to share. I hope that mm -hmm. kind of made sense. So rather than like what you're saying, you know, we're doing a little dance, you know, we didn't script any of this, you know, before we did this, we exchanged maybe a couple of emails or whatever. Right. Barely. So, okay. <laughs> so yeah, even barely. And so that I wanted this to be that, okay, this is a real human connection. And then like out in real life that whatever Amy would be saying to me, I'm just not going to say something that, I just heard before and I just want to say it right off the top of my head that mm -hmm. I want to feed off what she's actually saying and then come mm -hmm. back with something that we do a little dance and go back and forth with, mm -hmm. you know, and actually totally. listen to actually what she's saying rather than just saying, you know, For like, sure. you know, like, uh, like, I don't know, I guess more conversational skills. Like, you know, when you were talking about being a motherhood and it's like, Oh, that was a good question. You know, that was a thing I've always heard about. I wanted to actually ask that to somebody. And it's like, mm. and I, before this, that never occurred to me until like something triggered when you started talking about being a motherhood and, and like mm. have looking for your purpose. And like, was like, man, where did that come from? Is that just living in my subconscious at one point mm. or whatever? So that's one of the biggest things I guess is to take away is that to actually learn and listen to people more in depth. Rather than just I, wait for just, something to say next, you know, I just like love what you're saying so much. Can I just like give you like a huge acknowledgement for that? Because I feel like that context going back to context can literally change the world because I feel like we are so obsessed with like going back to like we're talking, the conversation on ego of getting our word in, but what could it look like if we like listened and reflected back what we're hearing? Because so many people, we just want to be heard. Sure. Like when we were talking, going back to the conversation you were saying before around like, you know, you want to have these beautiful conversations, but nobody wants to have them because they just like, you know, that our generations can't, can't hold them or older generations, but it's like, people just want to be heard. That's all it is. It doesn't mean it has to, you have to be right. That's what I'm talking about. Do you want to be right or alive? It's like, what if you could just like genuinely hear someone? Okay. So you like, you like this, 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 and this, because it actually like you really care about something. Yeah. You're like, yes, it's exactly. I do. I actually really care. Thank you for hearing that. That's it. Like that, that's all it has to be. You don't have to take it on to try and change something. What if you just like hear somebody so deeply? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I just, you said that perfectly. Yeah. And I guess one more thing just to touch on it. And I know we're kind of getting short on time, but that, you know, I was scared of messing up or saying something stupid or quoting a fact wrong or, mm. or, or uh, a statistic wrong. And I was yeah. like, you know, that's what I, you know, it happens, you know, it's not like I'm intentionally trying to do it, but I was like, I have to be okay with that. And that being okay with, you know, like when you said something earlier and I was like, oh, wait, I was trying to get my thoughts together that, you know, and it's okay to mess up and not exactly just like take a minute. And like, I don't have to immediately start talking when there's silence. It's okay for a little silence, even if it's a little awkward or it's a little weird or, 
you know, maybe the, the listeners won't like that. It's like, that's okay. But this is, this is real. I mean, this was what, like I said, this is what would happen if we were having, sitting down, having a drink or coffee or whatever. That's what I would want it to be. I mean, that's just me. Maybe not for everybody, but this is how my brain works. And the other cool thing about it is that thinking about businesses, like the people that want this are going to listen and the people that don't aren't. And that's kind of great. Uh, that's what, <laughs> you know? That was one thing that, you know, I know, like I said earlier about movies and stuff that everyone's going to hate, you know, some aspect just because it's just not everybody loves every, everything. And that's okay. That was one other thing I had to learn was just whatever I say, however each conversation goes, however each episode does that, you know, if people don't like it, cool, that's fine. I understand it. But if they love it and cool, you know, if 99 people out of a hundred hated it, but one person liked it, it's like, okay, great. That still means something to me. You know, and I didn't, like I said, I didn't start this to be the world's podcast king or to be the next cool guy influencer or anything. I, like a, most of it was just try to have these cool conversations with people that I never really thought I could do in life. Hmm, I love down and learn so from. much. Yeah. So it was like, cool. I was like, I said, I was so nervous about it and I thought it would challenge me and I wanted to do something different with my life. And I was like, Oh, you know, like I said, I was a podcast guy. I've gotten so much out of podcasts and like learn from other people, just sharing their stories and talking about what they went through in their life. It's like, Totally. You know, I, I get this magazine every month. It's from down by you. It's called the sun and I love it. Like, I don't know if any of your listeners have heard it. It's like my favorite thing of life. I love it. It's this beautiful writing and it's very provocative and, and sometimes political, but it's all these stories of people's lives. And the thing I love about it is that like life is lived in the in-between. Like that's where we live our life. Like life isn't just about the big moments. Like it's not just about like the time we graduate or the time that we like, you know, get married or like when someone says what's new, it's like this, it's literally in the in-between. It's in the day-to-day. It's in the small conversations. It's in the, you know, me waking up and going outside and giving my chickens compost. Like that is where life is lived. You know, like that's really where in, in hearing people's other people's stories of the, their thoughts and their experiences of the in-between, I find so fascinating because other people are having these experiences all the time. And I like, I, so I just, that's why I love story. And I love the, 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 the concept of your podcast because people are so fascinating and so interesting and so much on social media and what we see out there. It's just the best versions of ourselves. But like, we're all having shit. There's all this shit in our life every day. You know, like, what if we could talk about that more and like the pains and the things that we feel and like the in-betweens that we have like that, that's what I care about. That's what I want to get to. I don't, I, yes. What's new is great, but like, like, what did you drink for coffee? Like, did you have coffee this morning? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, I want to know about the thoughts and the in-betweens. Amy, I think we should take this home on that right there. I love that. And this on a great note like that. Yeah. If people want to find you, if you want to plug all your stuff, make mm-hmm. that happen. Sure. Uh, so it's best to find me. I have a small little website, emydana.com, but my name's really complicated. So maybe you could put it in the show notes because okay. uh, I spell my name with an I and my last name says Dana, but it's spelt differently. And so emydana.com. And I have a, a lot of free stuff on my website. So I give a lot of free resources away to people that are getting into business and um, really try and help them get started. Cool. Amy, thanks for doing this. Thanks, Chris. We're out of here, people. Okay. Talk soon.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 